what is up people thank you all for listening to the imperial broadcast yet again um i'm your host shamari stewart joined as always by my co-host kendall stewart kendall what's up what's up shamari we had it we have some interesting uh a lot of interesting bits of nuggets in the uh star wars universe this week uh we also have two episodes of star wars resistance to review so uh should be an interesting show um uh we have what what could be a very interesting uh kind of detail on uh richard e grant's character in in uh star wars episode nine who we don't know who he's playing yet but we could be getting a hint uh soon and also the cancellation of a major star wars video game so we'll have all that on the show yeah, you're right, Konami. We've got some good stuff here. Um, uh, mostly, uh, well, we, I mean, we have some good news. <laughs> I think it's a mixed bag we've got we've got uh, on this show, but um, but I mean, we've got some good stuff. Uh, so I'll start out with with one of the good things. So we got some more details on the Alphabet Squadron novel um, that's coming out by Alexander Freed. Um, so we're hearing now, this is from uh, uh, Lucasfilm, actually, um, that uh, the novel is going to be a trilogy. Um, and which, uh, for me, that already that's extremely exciting because I think I, I uh, loved what Alexander Freed was able to do with Battlefront Twilight Company. And um, uh, I liked how we wrote the Rogue One novelization. Um, but it's a trilogy... And it's going to have a crossover comic as well. Uh, it's going to be written by Jody Jody Hauser. Um, and uh, we they released uh, the uh, the cover art for the first book, which looks spectacular. <laughs> I love it. You got a a, uh, a rebel pilot who was an Imperial defector. Um, surrogate name is uh, uh, Erica Quell. And um, using the background, you see a Y wing, an A wing, a B wing, and a U wing. Um, I guess hence Alphabet Squadron. You have all these different types of uh, types of wings, I guess, flying around. Um, uh, and they are hunting down a, a uh, mysterious lethal force of Tie Fighters. And they were told to do this by Harrison Dula, apparently. Uh, so that's as much information as I wanted i basically gathered and as much as i basically wanted there's a whole synopsis of the book or i i'm assuming what's it's just the first book but there's a whole synopsis of it that's out it apparently is fairly lengthy it's a few, it's a few paragraphs long and four or five paragraphs long i, I didn't want to read it <laughs> because i don't want that many details about it i want to be surprised but um i'm extremely excited <laughs> about uh this trilogy as well as the the comic that's coming out um uh by Jody Hauser who has written Star Wars material as well. Um so I am very, very, very excited about this. Um I think this is right up um Alexander Freed's alley with, with regards to the content and the um uh I guess just the intensity of it of uh this kind of story. Um so I'm really digging what I'm hearing. And I am very, very excited because not only does that mean that, um, you know, we're getting a trilogy written by a great Star Wars author, but but that means we're getting more good Star Wars books in a fairly frequent fashion. Kind of like when they announced the Aftermath trilogy. It's like I always knew there was something else coming on the horizon. Um, it's not like, I feel like lately that hasn't been the case. It's just, okay, I hope we get a Star Wars book announcement soon. It's like, no, well, now I know... <laughs> That there's at least two more good books that I can look forward to reading after this one is released. So that's really exciting. Um, but how do you feel about this news, Kendall? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's always good to have stories told in the uh, post uh, Return of the Jedi, mm -hmm. uh, pre Force Awakens era. Uh, right. We've had now a good amount of stories that have been told years closer to the fourth awakens um 
in that you know a couple of years period before that movie came out. But that's a large gap between six and seven. So um, mm-hmm. it seems like this story is going to focus more on that uh, that time closer to Return of the Jedi, which also seems like seems like we're also going to have a similar time time period with uh, the Mandalorian, but um, it's also good that I, I like that this book is going to be a uh, a trilogy, like you mentioned, and that can go one of two ways. Um, I think it's ultimately it's a positive because you're getting more content. Uh, we remember with Aftermath, the first one was not received great, and they really turned it around. Uh, as the book, you know, progressed with Chuck Wendig, mm-hmm. um, do you, I mean, you would think that, like, this could either, the first one could either flop, like Aftermath did, but even if it does, it has two more books to, you know, turn to, you know, turn the ship around and uh, reverse course, or it could blow up the first book, and then all it does is add more hype and excitement to the second and third book, so... Yeah, I would say this is a this is a positive development, and then also when you hear that Harrison Dula will be involved, um, as you know, like a, a new Republic general, that's also something that's very uh, very enticing for someone that anybody that's watched Star Wars Rebels like we have. So, yeah, this is intriguing news. Yeah, this is definitely very intriguing news. Um, uh, I would be very shocked if this book flopped um the way that the first aftermath uh book did in my opinion um i mean i think that um i don't know i I think just from because um uh, i think part of the reason after the first aftermath book didn't do as well is because it focused very largely on these new characters and much less on um i think uh the actual aftermath of what happened (laughs) um there's a lot of you know kind of weird bizarre little like side adventures that i didn't really care about and a lot of you know interludes and things that i also didn't really care about i mean there were a couple of interesting ones at the first one but for the most part i didn't know what was going on and i didn't know why they were being told I was in a free. I feel like he already kind of had that kind of test run of just creating a totally new story with new characters in the rebel in the era of the rebellion with Twilight Company, and it did extremely well. Or, or I think it was written extremely well. Um, it was well received. So I am very very much looking forward to this one. Um, uh, though you're right. I mean, even if this one doesn't do so well, the first book, you know, he has two and three to make up for that. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's going to do well. And I think the fact that he was given a trilogy, um, I'm thinking this was pitched and then either he said, I think I need a trilogy to write this story. And they were like, sure, go ahead. Or they pitched it and they were like, they pulled a Ryan Johnson and they were like, do two more of these, (laughs) you know? So, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm very confident. That this story is going to do, uh, that this story is going to do well, um, but we'll keep tabs on this story going forward. Uh, either way, I'm just I just want it to come out already. <laughs> I'm tired of waiting. Um, uh, so we got some more news going forward. I mean, we have um, uh, some news about the Mandalorian. Uh, so this is um, uh, coming from. Well, hold on one second. I'm going to pull the direct source. Uh, right now, um, uh, but we got basically got news that the Mandalorian uh, footage for the Mandalorian is going to be shown to investors um, uh, at the 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 uh, uh, well. It's going to be shown during the first day of Star Wars Celebration on April 11th, um, which is also also happens to be Disney's investors in it's the Investor Day. Um, uh, this is coming from uh, Todd Spangler from Variety. Um, uh, so they're going to, to get to see ma- the footage of the Mandalorian, um, which could also imply that we're going to get footage from the Mandalorian at um, Star Wars Celebration. So that is extremely exciting. 
or so we can at least be sure that footage of the Mandalorian will have been cut in a way to be shown to people <laughs> by yes. that time, which is extremely exciting. So I think that there is a very good chance, honestly, at this point, if that's true, that we're going to see footage of the Mandalorian at Celebration. So that is extremely, extremely exciting news. Um, uh, we got to go to Star Wars Celebration. Kind of, when are we going to go to Star Wars Celebration? Uh, when are they going to come to New York? <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll answer the question. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but but this is but this is uh, this is you know as I you know keep saying, but this is extremely exciting. Um, I have recently been watching uh, Narcos, catching up on all of my, um, uh, catching up on on all of the. Um, ah, why am I forgetting the actor's name right now? Oh, Pedro Pascal. Catch up, catching up on all my Pedro Pascal. <laughs> um, and just uh, getting ready for the series. So, I mean, I'm ready. Uh, but, Keno, how do you feel about this? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Because, I mean, they say they're going to demo this Disney Plus app, which uh, they claim they're also going to have original content that they'll show. Uh, it's a first look at some of the original content. So my question is, is this going to be like uh, what we had a couple weeks ago with HBO, where they were previewing their upcoming year, and they showed, like, you know, frames and seconds of, like, Watchmen and, you know, Game of Thrones and stuff? Or is it going to be, like, you know, individual trailers? Um, I, I mean, I imagine none of the stuff is stuff that we will see, at least not, like, the full, I don't think we're going to get the full demo. But... Um, I mean, maybe we will, but I would assume that this is going to be shown to, again, like, investors and stuff. Uh, I, I just wonder, like, because if that's the case, if they have, like, a, a snippet, then you would think that that's not enough to show at Celebration. Um, at least nothing that's going to get people excited. I mean, I, my guess is that they will have a full trailer at Celebration, just given... I mean, like you said, if they're capable of cutting something for Disney Plus, then I imagine they'll be able to cut something for Celebration by April 11th. Um, and this, I mean, this matches up with, with the timeline that we've expected now for a while. You know, this isn't like sooner, I think, than we thought. Um, this isn't later than I think we thought. I mean, the most people kind of pegged Celebration makes the most sense for when we do. Uh, for when we, for when they would drop, uh, Mandalorian debut, uh, Mandalorian debut footage, if we get it any sooner, that would be incredible. But I wouldn't uh, expect it. And if we don't get anything for the Mandalorian at Celebration, I would be a little surprised. I wouldn't be shocked, depending on what they have for Episode Nine, but would be a little surprised, especially given this news. But, um. This really is this really is uh, with the year of Star Wars we have coming up. Despite the fact that Bob Iger suggested we're having a slowdown, uh, this could be this could end up shaping up as the biggest celebration we've had maybe ever. At least that I can think of. Where like I mean you have the you have footage for the Mandalorian, footage for Episode Nine, um, potentially. Uh, Clone Wars, you would think, uh, footage potentially. Possibly, I wouldn't think possibly, I would say likely, uh, uh, I would say likely, possibly a first look at Star Wars Resistance Season 2. Um, although I wouldn't hold my breath on that. That could probably be, that would probably be later in the summer, I would think. Um, but, at, and not to mention the Jedi Fallen Order is coming out. So this could be a huge year for celebration. Um, and I'm sure there's other things that I'm missing out, but and if you uh, cross your fingers, you could get a uh, an Obi Wan announcement or just the announcement of another movie. So this could be a uh, huge celebration. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be a huge celebration for the, all the reasons that you mentioned. Um, I would think that it's it would be a full trailer and not just the snippets that we got from HBO, just because these are investors. You know, they're not just going to show. It's like oh. 
this is for them saying, what am I investing in? And they want to see what it is, not just a half a second or like right. five seconds. And it's like, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I'm thinking they're, they're going to show like actual footage, either if not scenes, then a trailer. <laughs> but they're going to see actual footage from the show. Um, so I think that if they could make it for them, why not? Why couldn't they make one for us? Uh, so, um, so I'm pretty confident that we're going to get something. I don't think that, um, I'd say if I had to give a percentage, I'd say 60, 40. I think there's a very good chance we're going to get something from, from the Mandalorian. If this is true, that is a very good chance. And you're right. I mean, the timeline matches up. We know the Mandalorian is going to be available at launch and we know the launch is going to be later this year. So, I mean, we got to get a trailer at some point. I mean, celebration, it makes sense. You know, it's about it lines up. Say the plus app comes out in November, April. I mean, that kind of makes sense for our first trailer. So, uh, so yeah, I am. Um, uh, so yeah, this this has me extremely excited. Uh, uh, and um, you're right, this is gonna be one of the biggest celebrations ever. I mean, even episode nine alone. I mean, this this the the end of the the Skywalker saga. I mean, this yeah, is exactly. I mean, this is this is huge. <laughs> you know, just on its own, but we're getting all this stuff and we're getting the first well, I would think that we're getting the first look at the first live action Star Wars television show, which is itself groundbreaking. Um, so that's behind uh the holiday special. <laughs> oh my god. Um life day. <laughs> uh but yeah, this is uh, this is extremely exciting news. Um, wish I could be a celebration to celebrate this news, but uh, one day, one day we will be there. All right. So moving on. So the next piece of news is not so great. Um, so EA, uh, or we're hearing that EA has uh, canceled their open world Star Wars game, um, which was re- previously being held by Visceral which is no longer a uh, gaming company. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, so that game is not happening, or that's, that's what the word is now, is that that game is not happening. Um, and this is... Um, I don't know, this news is not surprising to me. Um, yeah. It, you know, th- this... Ever since Visceral kind of just... Well, not even kind of. They uh, were they just were they, they just failed as a company. They collapsed. Yeah, they, yeah. they're out. They're done. <laughs> they don't exist anymore. They, they went poof. <laughs> so um, uh, ever since that happened, you know, at that point, I basically had assumed that this project was done. This project is not going to come out, or if it does come out, it's going to be a lesser version of what Visceral had intended that this project be. Um, I mean, I see people still kind of holding out hopes for a version, some version of this project being released, this open world Star Wars game being released. I mean, look, it. I would rather they cancel this and start something completely new, fresh with a new company, whether it be EA or somebody else, <laughs> but just start something else where they build from the ground up. Just start over. Start from scratch. Or take some inspiration from this, sure. But start over. You know, don't try to build whatever they were they were they started. Maybe that's why EA canned this. Maybe they did a good did a good thing in canning this, you know, and that might upset some people, I don't know. But I don't I don't want a broken up like game that looks like it was made by three different companies where they don't know what to do with the story and it's a mess and and you know it's unplayable or it's glitch glitches i don't want that and i'm sure ea doesn't want to release that so i am not really i'm not really saddened by this news i expected it you know i would have been i would have been surprised if (laughs) they said the project has been revived it's being released in 20 early 2020 or something like that i'd be like what (laughs) You know, right. so so I I uh, I think that this makes sense. It's it's still sad, you know, of course, because 
who doesn't want an open world Star Wars game? But you know, I don't know. I mean, Visceral failed, and this is just what happens when that hap- when things like that happen. Yeah, um, I uh, there are, there have been a lot of interesting things that have come out of this uh, that that have come out of this whole idea of um, this visceral game come out uh, you know being uh, canceled. I mean, we I, I feel like we talked about how this game like wasn't going to come out once visceral. I mean, we've talked about it for a while, even before visceral went you know under and went you know in yeah. the tank we talked about we haven't heard anything from this game that was announced a long time ago it must have been like two three years ago and we heard nothing well we had some concept art that was released i, I, don't, I don't know if i don't remember if this was e3 or if this was celebration i think it was e3 and um but since then we had heard nothing about that game and you know we were excited about it because open world and we saw concept art, but there was no, nothing to really talk about regarding this game. So we kind of assumed something bad was happening, and then Visceral uh, went into the tank, and we were like, oh, that chalks that game up. Uh, you know, it was transitioned to EA Vancouver, and they they claimed they, they, they had nothing, they, they could do nothing with it. Um, Rogue One writer Gary Whitta uh, came out on Twitter and... I believe this is Twitter, or at least he said this on Twitter. But he said um, he's reacting to this, to the cancellation of this EA Star Wars, this open world Star Wars game. He said uh, it has been catastrophically mismanaged. If I were Disney, I'd be effing furious. I saw a bunch of that game, and it looked terrific. It would have been Star Wars Uncharted. That's what he said. So uh, that's come from Gary Wooda. Gary Wooda, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, that's certainly, I mean, it's not good if you're a fan, not good for, you know, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, but uh, that has created a larger, um, a larger conversation around this entire EA Star Wars uh, relationship because, um, We've talked about it. even we've talked about it on the show. EA has not done a great job with Star Wars. Yeah. When last week, um, forgot forgot what company uh, broke up. One the the company that does that that does uh was it Titanfall? That yeah they, they yeah respawn. Well, they, no, not respawn. Who was the company that that? Yeah, respawn did Titanfall. Um. Destiny, the company that did Destiny, broke up with their. Oh yeah, uh, Bungie. Yeah, Bungie was it Activision. I forget. Yeah, it was Activision. Yep. Yeah, Bungie broke up with Activision, and um, there were people who were saying, "Why can't Dice do that with EA? Because that would help a lot in terms of the creation of a lot of these Star Wars games." I mean. In fairness, I think EA has the rights, not Dice. But if Dice could get the rights to to Star Wars, and you know we can, you know, kind of cut the middleman uh, out of this deal with Disney, or not with Disney, but with EA, that would make people's lives a whole lot easier and their games a lot more fun. But uh, Kotaku did a whole write up on this deal, and the CEO of EA, uh, they they wrote they wrote in this in this article they said CEO Andrew Wilson was never entirely th- thrilled with the Star Wars deal, which I mean not something you want to hear. Uh, Wait, who's that CEO of EA? Yes, Andrew oh, Wilson. Right. And there was a quote on what it's like to work from Star on a Star Wars game, and the quote was, "It actually kind of sucks." So. These are these all coming from EA. Mm. Um, you know, there's not things that you want to hear from a company that uh, they're the ones tasked with making these Star Wars games. So, uh, and you look, this isn't the kind of thing. I don't know how it sucks to acquire the licensing to do video games for one of the largest pop culture, you know mediums in the world 
So I, I don't know. Seems strange to me, but regardless, uh, you have to wonder if at some point this deal with EA, whenever it runs out, or maybe they just part ways, but does not seem to be going well for both parties. Hopefully Jedi Fallen Order can kind of right the ship, but this does give me some pause in terms of that game. Yeah, I mean, it's all under EA now, since EA basically owns, like, the rights to Star Wars games at this point. It's no longer LucasArts. Um, so it's all under EA, even Jedi Fallen Order, which is being made by Respawn. Um, so, uh, you know, none of that bodes well with regards to, uh, you know, Star Wars being helmed by EA. Um, uh, I mean, I enjoy Battlefront and Battlefront 2. I'm looking forward to Battlefront 3, hopefully not having any microtransactions. Um, uh, I'm extremely looking forward to Jedi Fallen Order. You know, Respawn has a good reputation with games. They seem to know what they're doing. <laughs> they have a good track record with games. So I am very much... Um, I'm pretty confident they seem to haven't had run into any snags with regards to the production of the game. So I'm extremely excited, um, uh, in terms of getting more news on that. Um, and I'm hopeful, but I mean, this has become a trend at this point with all these canceled Star Wars games. I mean, we had, first we had Star Wars 1313, um, uh, that was, that was supposed to come out like a long time ago. They, they released like a gameplay, like trailer or demo. For that, showing gameplay at an E at an E three, I think it was a while ago. But they showed like actual gameplay of it, and it just got canceled. And it's just like I don't know why this happens with Star with Star Wars games where they get so far in development, and then the game they just can the games. They just cancel the games, and it's like I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, I know games get canceled. I know that happens, but yeah. I feel like with these Star Wars games, I don't. I don't know. I feel like it's just, it's just very bad luck. There, I, I feel like there definitely is probably more motivation to cancel a Star Wars game than there is a game with no, like... With no name? A game with no name. You know, if you come out with a bad Star Wars game, that hurts the, that hurts the brand. You know, it That's makes true. it harder to come out with future Star Wars games. Whereas you come out with a bad, you know, if you come out with a bad game called Titanfall, nobody really cares, you know? I mean, it's bad. It's a bad game. It'll go down in history, but it won't be good for the developer. But it doesn't hurt. Yeah, thank you. Star Wars is going to be attached to every, the name of every game in its universe going forward. So, Mm. you know, if Star Wars, you know, Battlefront is bad, then Star Wars, Tie Fighter Two, is not going (laughs) to. People will have that same stench of like. I mean, it could be a totally different game, but you know, you're, you're still looking at it like. I don't know, it's a Star Wars game. Last one I got was bad, so I don't know. Yeah, I hear you on that kind of I mean uh that is a good point. Um so hopefully Jedi Fallen Order comes out. Uh when's that supposed to come out? Is that supposed to come out twenty twenty? Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah, so hopefully that comes out without any issues. Um Hopefully it comes out. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it comes out. You know, hopefully it comes out and it wasn't rushed, it wasn't and it doesn't have a million microtransactions. Have you played Uncharted, by the way? No, I haven't. I've played other, like, survival, open-world survival games, but I haven't played Uncharted. Um, uh, Either way, I would have extremely been looking forward to that game. Um, But it sucks that it's not coming out. Uh, So the next piece of news is pretty exciting. Uh, So it's it's, uh, basically Richard E. Grant um, uh, was... uh, Basically, giving some some uh, description of um, uh, on a uh, podcast, um, uh, giving informa- giving uh, information about his. Um, well, this was well, actually, no. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, this was this was actually um, uh, a different interview with the Telegraph, um, where he shared some uh, very interesting details uh, regarding. Um, uh, his experience uh, with J.J. Uh, Abrams and, and other members of the uh, uh, production team for Episode Nine. 
Um, Kendall, since you, t- since you told me about this news, you think you could uh, give us some information on that? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, yeah, like you mentioned, Richard E. Grant, who, uh, you know, if you're a comic book person, he was uh, Dr. Professor Rice, whatever he was, and uh, Xander Rice and Logan. Um, that's how I'm familiar with him, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's doctor, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, doctor, evil, evil doctor, or whatever. He is. Regardless, um, he was kind of describing like the process of getting of getting the role in Star Wars, and he said uh, the article says that when Grant arrived, he was ushered into a room with Abrams, and and this was arrived at uh, Pinewood Studios. Uh, he arrived. He was ushered into a room with J.J. Abrams and uh, Daisy Ridley. And he said, quote, surrounded by all this Star Wars memorabilia going back to 1977. And within about and within about two seconds, he said, quote, are you uh, are you going to do it or what? Or are you going to do it or not? Uh, this is Abrams. And Grant replied, do what? Abrams then said or he then said that he was described the, the part that he was going to play. And I think he told me what my name was. This is what Grant said. At which, at which point the room went upside down. At what what appears to be a, a a degree of physical discomfort. At what appears to be a degree of physical discomfort, Grant stops himself from saying anything more. In the grand old Star Wars tradition, the entire cast has been sworn to secrecy, at least until the trailer or and or title of the forthcoming film are revealed in April. So, um, also this article says the trailer and title of the film are of episode nine are revealed in April. So I don't know if they know something or if they're speculating, but this is one, this article is claiming that the title is coming out in April, which I'm not buying, but, um, but two very interesting stuff on Richard E. Grant's character uh, what do you think this means, Shamari? You know, clearly, I, it's not shocking that he couldn't say who he was. You know, I'm sure if you asked Matt Smith who he's playing, he can't say Carrie Russell. You know, I'm sure but going back to episode eight, if you'd asked, uh, what's his name? Benicio Del Toro. Who, what character are you playing <laughs> in episode eight? I don't think he could have said <laughs> DJ for a long time. And even when he did, people were like, oh, who's DJ? Dark Jedi, Ezra, Ezra Dark. Bridger. <laughs> what does DJ stand for? Snoke. Nah. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, so it's not bizarre that he couldn't say his name, but the fact that he described the room as having turned upside down when he heard what his name was, and that there was a level of physical discomfort and having to hold back what he could say, um, that was apparent. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, it's extremely interesting. Um, I can, I don't know who he could possibly be. That would you know make literally make the room turn upside down just from saying his name. That's me even mentioning his name. The room turned upside down. It's like he can't be playing someone that we know so familiarly that we would be like, oh my god, he's playing Obi Wan. You know, like he like he can't be do it. He can't be playing someone like that. This is live action. If we're animated, then it'd be like, oh, well, I mean, he could be anybody, you know. But it's live action, so you know, like he has to be playing a new character. Um, the only, the only person that I can even think of, begin to think of, is Thrawn, and I don't even know if his name would turn the room upside down, you know. And so, so yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Who we could be playing to where it's it's that you know huge of a thing i mean maybe it's um i don't know maybe it's a parent of right even then it's that's like, what i thought that, even, was, that was the first thing that came to my head yeah even then what does his name have to do with it you know what like, that's what the thing ray doesn't name? have a last name so yeah. if i told you his name was ray, it was you know brian Morphison, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, that means nothing. Yeah, that, yeah you know, yeah. it means nothing. Now, if you told me, you know, Ray's last name was that, uh, then that's that's interesting. Uh, 
And maybe like they maybe they told him you'll be playing Ray's father, but he described it as when they said his name or when he was told his name, the room went upside down, which means that like he knew the part, and the name threw everything out of whack. That uh, that part makes it seem like it's potentially Thrawn, Thrawn or in a character that we've already seen before. Yeah, I mean the only thing that comes to my mind is Thrawn. That's really the only person. Because I, I mean, there's always the potential to recast characters, right. and I mean, if they were to do that, I mean, he could be. I mean, they could say we're gonna make him. Uh, we're gonna make him Palpatine. I don't know. Yeah, you can do flashbacks potentially. I, I don't know who. I don't know who he's gonna be, but um, given the the detail that. It was JJ and Daisy Ridley in the room. Makes me think that he's playing Ray's dad. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's certainly possible. Um, in that case, I don't know why he said his name made the room turn upside down. Unless they were just so used to saying Ray's last name at that point. Which also, I'd be like, why would they be hiding her last name up until this we have to last talk episode? About, we have to remember, though, there's also the theory that uh, Palpatine maybe isn't Ray's father, but he's Ray's grandfather. Which at that point, they said that this guy's name was, you know, his last name was Palpatine. Mm. That would turn the room upside down. That would turn the room upside down. And he could still be Ray's father at that point. That would turn the room upside down for sure. I mean, that's that's those are really the only theories. Or if he was a Kenobi or something. Which yeah, people were also speculating, too. but that seems harder to believe. But it, it uh, I'm like, really? How does this happen? <laughs> Richard E. Grant's a Kenobi now. Like, <laughs> so I don't know, man. I, doesn't seem like a physical character at all. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. He maybe Richard E. Grant's playing a Palpatine. Um, I don't know. I mean, also it, heard a rumor that Carrie Russell maybe. I mean, this isn't. I mean, it's a rumor, but it's also something people theorize. Obviously, that Carrie Russell is playing uh, Ray's mom. That's beginning to. That's a theory that's beginning to pick up more and more. I've seen. But. Yeah, I've I've seen that rumor as well. Um, which I think that's possible too. I mean, I think all this stuff is possible. Um, you would hope we get some kind of real resolution with regards to who Ray's parents are. That they're not just you know, uh, just so just these people that just sold her for sold yeah, her drunks. for drunks that sold her for a drink, or you know sold her for booze or whatever. <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. Whatever Brian Johnson. <laughs> so you hope that that's not the case. So, um, or if that is the case, that that's not the end of the story. Um, my, my, yeah. If, if so, if I told you. So what do you think? What, what's your what's your guess right now? Like, just my guess. Your head. I think my guess has to. It ha, it, the only the thing that makes the most sense to me is that, that it's the Palpatine theory. Right. Like if, like you're not guessing that Ray. You're guessing he's probably nobody. Like, consequential. Most likely, but if he is somebody consequential, that is Palpatine. Palpatine's son. I feel like he has to be. If his name turned the room upside down, he has to be somebody of consequence. So, so you, so you're going. So you think most likely he's Palpatine's son. I mean, that's my guess at this point. If his name is turning the room upside down, right? If his name is turning the room upside down, he can't just be some nobody. Because yeah. I, yeah, that, I mean, I, that could. I don't. I mean, it's not like it was lost in translation. I mean, we yeah, speak I mean, English everywhere. I mean, if he's saying <laughs> my name turned the room upside down. He's you know, I, great. I, don't I know think if, he knows you know, what he's, he's talking about. Exaggerating, you know. <laughs> oh, my name is, you know, the other the other theory is what if he's uh, Brendel Hux? Is that, is that possible? I don't think that would turn the room upside down. I mean, that's fairly interesting. I mean, unless, I mean, unless I don't know Ridley's there, but yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, I mean, unless he's just like exaggerating, maybe people were like, ooh. But maybe it didn't like make the room go crazy the way that he's describing, right? 
my guess is my guess is Thrawn. Hmm. Um, I don't know how Thrawn is like. Wouldn't he be too old? That's my only thing. But I don't know how not. Chiss aging works. That's true. So I mean, he, I mean, he could be. I mean, he's Richard E. Grant, so he probably would be older. But right. you know, I don't know how how their aging works. So you know, I mean, he could be a few hundred years old, a hundred years old, over a hundred years old. I don't know who, um, how he would have to look. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think those are the best guesses at this point. There's a Palpatine and a Thrawn, or just Thrawn. Um, uh, and a Kenobi is probably <laughs> probably third underneath that. And then any, anybody else. Yeah, and then, like, just original random character. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're getting to that point in the show where we want to recap Resistance. Um, this won't take long. <laughs> Could be completely <laughs> honest with you guys. So nothing really happened, and we're recapping two episodes. <laughs> nothing really happened. Who are you freeing Nothing happened in two, three episodes. Yeah, I mean, that's, but that's what happened. What happened is nothing. I mean, I'm being completely honest, and this is no, I'm not even trying to disrespect the team that worked on Star Wars Resistance. I'm not. But they, they probably know themselves that these two episodes, if you were going to skip episodes, it would be these two episodes, more than likely, <laughs> that you could skip. And not, not the only ones, but those yeah, not the are only ones. Particular. But these in particular, especially the Bebo, like you could skip, you could completely skip that episode and not lose anything, literally anything, um, with regards to <laughs> with regards to uh, to like the the overall story of uh, of this season and of this show, just as a whole. You know, and I mean, and I look, I joke around sometimes. I'm like, listen, I need Kaz to get out of that garage. What do we get in this episode? Kaz in the garage or Kaz in the shop. Yeah. You know, just watching the shop. That's the episode. It's him watching the shop and messing up. And it's like, oh, you know, so, so I don't know. So we had two episodes. The first episode is Bebo. And nothing happens in the episode. Niku befriends a, uh, a little weird like squid baby monster and it's eating things in the shop and it's and yeager wants it gone but he loves it and he won't get rid of it a giant monster attacks the colossus the pilots fly around and shoot at it a little bit turns out the giant monster is bebo's mother and niku gives bebo to the mother and blah 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 he learns a lesson i i guess I guess he learned a lesson. I don't know, but that but so that was that episode, and uh, the episode uh, from uh, last weekend was dangerous business, um, and it was not that dangerous, but it's called dangerous business, and Kaz is watching a sh- the shop for the the those two guys that watch the shop. I don't know their names. Their name they're they're not important enough <laughs> for me to really yeah. care about not knowing their names. But I don't know their names. The Ugnaught and the other bird person. And uh or well I don't think he's an Ugnaught. He's like a pig person. But but him and and the and the the uh the bird person. Uh, he leaves um well well so they leave they say they're going on a trip for a day. He's watching their shop. Um uh, this shady guy comes in, says he wants stuff from the back that they specifically told him not to sell. Uh, he tricks Kaz into leaving the shop so he could steal it. Kaz almost dies, um, uh, but he doesn't die because he's the main character. Um, he manages to stop the, him from stealing the 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 the. It was basically some kind of big uh, uh, device. I don't remember the name of the device, but it was a big. Is a big device that was used be used for drilling into planetary devices, planetary um, uh, 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 either asteroids or or you know planetary land. So it's basically uh, uh, energy or like an energy device that would be used for drilling into these kinds of things. Which you, you know, um, uh, and this guy was working with the First Order to acquire these things for Commander Pyre. He actually calls Commander Pyre. Um, specifically, and that's when I woke up <laughs> when I was watching the episode because I was like, "Oh, okay, 
so this matters, you know, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's really all that happened in the episode, Cat stops him, you know, uh, the bird person and the pig man, they say that, oh, good, you, you stopped him from stealing, that guy's been trying to steal from us for a while, blah, 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 but that was it, so there really was not, these were really skippable episodes, very hard to sit through. Um, if you're, you know, a grow, uh, an adult, you know, um, and it kind of makes me, it kind of makes me not surprised that that guy would come out and say, listen, adults, we're going to get some serious stuff going soon. Was, at first I was like, why is he saying that now? After all those episodes that we just sat through, no, now he wants to say, but now I see why. Cause he saw that we had, they had nothing <laughs> going on after that trailer. So he, he, he needs to be saying stuff like that to keep people interested. To keep yeah. people watching, you know, or to not have the fans go crazy and asking themselves why are they are watching this show. Um, I think it's going to get much better. As upset as I sound, I don't think that this is going to be a, a, a well, I mean, it, we may get more episodes like this, but I think it's going to get much better. But it's just frustrating. We have two weeks like this, two weeks of just <laughs> where you feel like you in a row, where you feel like you're just wasting your time. It's just like, my goodness, you know? Like yeah, honestly, like I feel like I I, I experience more watching those forces of destiny shorts. Honestly, sometimes these episodes because at least those are those are involving like main characters. I mean, like I just can't get super invested in Kaz and Niku and Yeager just doing stuff. If like it's gonna be nonsense for twenty yeah, e- for twenty minutes, you should see my face when that those guys were like, "We need you to watch the shop." I was like, "You got to." <laughs> Is the second week in a row with this? I was like, yo, are, are First Order Troopers gonna, like, you know, raid the shop or something? Is Captain Phasma gonna raid the shop? <laughs> oh my god, man. We did get the Captain Phasma, you know, name drop at the end. Yeah. Which, I, mean, I can only get, but so crazy when they say Captain Phasma will be mad. I'm like, dun dun dun. It's like, we've seen her before. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's it's awkward. It's a, it's a strange decision at this point to you have that mid that long mid season hiatus. You release a trailer, and then you follow up that pretty good trailer that was well received with two episodes that nobody would ever care about. Particularly that Bebo episode. The Bebo episode I thought was even worse. And why that would be the first thing you decide to show after a long hiatus like that? Just a strange decision by. Disney by Filoni. Um, then to then follow up with this one. But it goes back to what I said uh, on our last show when we talked about the trailer. I expect that this will be how things are until like the last couple episodes, if not the last episode, where we finally start to pick things up. I mean, honestly, you might be right. <laughs> no, I did see mm-hmm. uh, one, of the, one of the titles for these upcoming episodes, not that upcoming, but one in February, something something along the lines of First Order, you know, Siege or something like that, you know, something that suggests that the First Order will be like, you know, taking over the classes like we saw in the trailer. So we may not be that far out from where, from that point, but even then, um, I mean, how many more episodes do we even have? I told you it's next month. You know, that's. That could be five more episodes, four or five more episodes, and then at that point, I mean, we could, they will be approaching the end of the season. So that seems to be the route that they're going. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is going to be a long season. I mean, that, I mean, that's just kind of the feeling that you get after watching, after you know, waiting a week to watch two episodes like that. It's just like, oh boy, how long is it going to take before we get some real, something real, you know? It kind of makes me want this season to just end so we can get to the second season, so we can get past this <laughs> this stuff, you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's really, at this point, that's really all, I, all I'm hoping for. Um, it's very, very reminiscent of Rebel Season 1 for me. Rebel Season 1 had a lot of Visago stuff that I just did not care about. And this season has a lot of 
stuff that I just don't care about. <laughs> Bebo, whatever, just a lot of stuff that I just don't care about. So I'm just looking forward to us moving past this and getting into uh, The Force Awakens and the First Order trying to take over the Colossus and Tan getting captured. I want to see that stuff. <laughs> you know, so hopefully we get that stuff soon. Um, uh, so we can get some real, uh, sto- uh, like a real story for us to react to and talk about <laughs> and have theorize about. Um, so we can get more of that stuff. Um, but all right, so that'll do it for this episode. This episode ran a little, a little long for us because uh, we had some the stories that we had to get to. Um, uh, so I won't get into some of the book stuff this week. Um, but next week I will be sure to fit that in, uh, to the podcast. Um, so I've been reading some of the comics and I've been reading the uh, books as well. Uh, so I read, uh, Star Wars Rebel Files as well as, um, uh, Star Wars, um, uh, Smuggler's Guide, both written by Daniel Wallace. Uh, and they are extremely good. Both of them. I was very impressed by both of them. Um, so I am very much looking forward to talking about that on this show. Um, and I'm looking forward to talking about the Han Solo Imperial Cadet comic. Because I, I only read the first issue so far. Uh, but I'm very impressed by it. I, um, and I think it just lends... Honestly, it lends credence to Solo as a movie. I thought it was a decent movie. I didn't think it was that... You know, and... Um, uh, you know, I, I think I think Solo has aged well, <laughs> uh, yeah. much better than The Last Jedi, unfortunately. Um, but I think it has aged well as a movie. Um, I, I think it's I think it's very watchable. Like it's very easy to kind of just sit down and just watch. So, um, uh, but yeah, I'll, be, I'll look forward to talking about those next week. Um, and of course, any news, and we'll have a resistance recap for whatever it is they decide to show us for resistance. Um, but alright, so that'll do it for this episode. Uh, I'm Shamari, uh, joined by Kendall. We will see you guys next week.